reaches to the heavens. And your faithfulness, oh God, is forevermore. We thank you for a time like this in your presence. Father, as I am going to speak to your people, I pray, O oh Lord, that you shall speak through me, whatever you want your people to hear today, O oh Lord, let the Holy Spirit speak through me. I give you all the glory, I give you all the honor. In the mighty name of Jesus that we pray, say amen. Amen. First and foremost, all glory belongs to God. We give God the glory this morning. And I just want to thank everybody, all the leadership in this district for this wonderful opportunity. Amen. Amen. Um, already, as Kobe has said, this whole week we have been having our youth conference. And like he stated, the theme is discipled and equipped for success. Amen. And yes, that is taken from, we have two passages, Hebrews 13, 21, which we've already read. So let's go to 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 17. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 17. It says, so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. Amen? Amen. So we've heard, um, like he said, a lot of great messages this week. Um, I know that when the whole conference began, um, the, the first message was created for successful pursuit. And then when we started that in-person meeting on Thursday, um, yes, um, the first message was themed equipped for kingdom work. The second day, it was themed receiving the spirit of excellence. And the last day was themed the key to true success. Today, I'm just going to speak on something simple. is success in the kingdom of God. Amen? Success in the kingdom of God. Amen? Okay, so today, I want it to be a bit interactive. You guys are a little too quiet for me. When we talk about success, can somebody tell me what they, when they hear the word success, what it means to them? Yes, I want somebody to tell me something today. What, when you hear the word success, what does it mean to you? Say that again. Accomplishing something. Okay, that's a good one. I like that. Um, yes. Completion of a goal. Okay, I actually really like that one. Completion of a goal. I think I would take that one. Completion of a goal. And um, I think, when we talk about success, mostly, you know, people think that success has to do with the abundance of riches. Like, oh, you have a lot of money, you have a lot of what, cars, you have a lot of something. And so when you have something in abundance, it seems that that is what people term as being successful. I mean, growing up, personally, if you ask me, oh, what does it mean to be successful? I'd be like, oh, you have to be rich. Like, that would be the first thing. Like, you have to be rich. You have to have money. Because we are, like, kind of conditioned to believe that money solves every problem. So once you have money, your problems are done. No, but that's, that's what we are conditioned to believe. We are conditioned to believe that the moment you get money and, like, you're rich, you know, you're like the Bill Gates and the Warren Buffett, then it's like, oh, like, you've made it in life. But I've come to the realization that in the kingdom of God, a lot of the principles that we believe in are really contrary to what the world believes. Like, for example, scripture tells us that we live by dying. If you tell someone you live by dying, they'll be like, what do you mean? 
Like, what are you talking about? I live by dying. But then it is not talking about a natural death, but what? Dying to yourself. And then scripture also teaches us that what? We receive by giving. If you tell that to someone in the natural aspect, it makes no sense. Like, you receive by giving. How am I giving something to receive? And you hear things also like, you know, we will become we, the, the most of us, like the leader among us will first become the servant. You know, the leader among us will be the servant first before, and that shows that you are a good leader, that, you know, you are first a servant. So when you hear these things, it kind of sounds really weird. Like, it's like, this doesn't make any sense, you know. And then Bible also tells us that we'll be exalted through what? Humility. So most of the things that the Bible teaches us, like, principles-wise, it sounds very weird in the natural aspect. Personally, if you ask me, a lot of it growing up didn't really make sense to me. I mean, if you tell me I'll receive by giving, I'll be like, no, if I give, I've given. Like, it's not, it's not, how are you going to tell me that, oh, if I give, I receive? I, it, it will be very hard for someone to, like, grasp their mind around it. And success is the same thing. Success in the kingdom of God is not, you know, it's not measured by your riches physically. It's not measured by your physical, like, abundance of something, like having something material. But success to me in the kingdom of God is measured by our relationship and intimacy with God. Our relationship and intimacy with God. Because like Abby said, that when you hear success, you are, it's what? Like making it to a goal. Making it to a specific goal. And as children of God, what is the ultimate goal? What is the ultimate goal? Can someone tell me? To make it to heaven. So our ultimate goal is to make it to heaven. Our ultimate, how do we make it to heaven? By what? Creating a relationship with God. Creating an intimacy with God. Creating an environment where, you know, it's like you can hear the voice of God for yourself. You know God for yourself. You know, it's something that I find very important. Every time I'm talking to anybody about the things of God, I find it very important to talk about your relationship with God. Because we think coming to church is enough. We think praying is enough. You know, when I need something, I'll pray. When I really am in need of something, that's when I want to pray to God. Um, I come to church every Sunday. You know, we think that that's enough. But that is not really what it is. You have to get to a place where you have a relationship with God to the point where it's like he's with you. Like he's your friend. You know, you have to see him like your friend. Um, I have this one friend, and she always says that, like, when she's praying to God, like, she talks to him. She actually, like, has a conversation with him. It's not like, oh, God, I need this. She's like, she's like, oh, God, like, I really want to hear what you have to say, too. Like, the conversation is not just one way. I really want to hear what, and that's the point where we all need to get to. Amen? Amen. Um, I want us to read something from the book of Luke, chapter 12, verse 15. Luke chapter 12, verse 15. It says, Then he said to them, Watch out. Be on your guard against all kinds of greed. Life does not consist in an abundance of possessions. Amen. 
So this was Jesus speaking to his disciples. And he said to them, that watch out, be on your guard against all kinds of greed. Because the life, you think that life is all about, you know, making money, riches, it's not. And why is he telling them this? Because, you know, from the day you are born till now, presiding, from the day you are born till now, why do you go to school? You go to school because you want to get a job. <laughs> yeah, that's essentially the reason. It's not, like, I don't really, I don't really, rarely do I hear people say, I went to school just because I love going to school. <laughs> like, I really rarely hear that. Mostly, you go to school because you want to get a job. So, our life, we are trained that it is work, pay bills, do what you got to do, enjoy a little, and that's it. So, it's like from the day you are born till the day you die, you're conditioned to believe that life is all about money. Like, literally. Because money is what you need to pay your bills. Money is what you need to enjoy life. Money is what you need to take care of your family. It's like, we're just conditioned to think about money most of the time. And he's trying to tell his disciples here that it's not about money. The abundance of riches. It's not about that. And then he goes on to give a, par a parable to explain to them that life is more than that. And from the book of Genesis to the book of Revelation, if you ask me, there's only one point that God is trying to make in all the Bible that we read, and that is that you will be saved, that I will be saved, that we all will be saved. Because from Genesis to Revelation, every story, everything that we hear is all about salvation. So if you ask me, the ultimate goal for every Christian is to what? Be saved, to be saved. And how do we do that? We have to cultivate a relationship with God. We have to wake up every morning and think about God first. I mean, I'm guilty of this too. Every time, the first, when I wake up, to be honest, the first thing I do, I'm not going to lie, is to check my notifications. I'm not, like, I'm not going to lie. As soon as I wake up, it's like, it's like a reflex. It's like, I just turn and it's like, I, I, I just put the phone, like, I scroll down, look, okay, then I go back. Like, I just have to, it's probably the first thing I do. And I doubt that I'm the only one who does that. Yeah, because we, we care so much about what's going on around us and all that. But most of us neglect the fact that when you wake up first, you know, you have to, you know, uh, put God first. You have to actually go out of your way to put him first. Let's look at a passage also in Proverbs chapter 16, verse 3. Proverbs 16, verse 3. It says, commit to the Lord whatever you do, and he will establish your plans. Commit to the Lord whatever you do, and he will establish your plans. Um, another version says, commit everything into the Lord's hands, and he will establish your thoughts. And I like that, that version because when you think about something, you haven't yet gotten to the place of actually doing it. When you're thinking of something, it's like you're planning it. So for Bible to say that he will and your thoughts, you see, it says King James, it says, and your thoughts shall be established. So for it to say that, it means the things I'm even thinking about, that I haven't even gotten to the place of action, he's already establishing them. Which is really amazing, because if, it's already, it's, it's nice for you to say, oh, the things I say out loud, God is going to do it. But to think that, it says that your thoughts shall be established, it means even the plans you've made intention of doing. He would, he would what? Make sure it comes to pass if you commit everything into his hands. So it means that everything that we do from the morning to the time to the evening time should be all about him. 
We should wake up and we should just commit everything into the Lord's hand. Wake up, God, I'm just going out today. I don't know what is going to come my way. I don't know what is going to happen. I don't even really have an agenda for the day. But I'm just trusting you that everything is going to be perfect. And when you do that, already, already, subconsciously, he's now going to do everything that you already are thinking about, what you need him to do for you. He will do it without you even asking. Amen? And that is very important. So... Another passage that I want us to look at is James chapter 4, verse 10. James chapter 4, verse 10. So the first thing that I talked about in the idea of success in the kingdom of God, the first thing was Proverbs 16.3, which was commit your ways to God. So the first point in what I'm saying is that you have to first what? Put the God factor first. God should be first. If you want to succeed in the kingdom of God, God is first. So the second point that I want to make is humility. Humility is very, very important in, in the aspect of success. James chapter 4 verse 10, it says, Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord and he shall lift you up. And like I said, when you hear this, you probably would take it like, that doesn't make sense. Me humbling myself will mean I'll be lifted up. How, how does that correlate with each other, you know? But the truth of the matter is God wants to see who you truly are, who you truly are when you don't have anything before he will give you something. People don't realize that. It's like you think that God is just looking at, oh, I just give this. But there's so many people that I believe that if today, today, God is to give you everything you pray about, everything, this church will be empty. I'm sure you won't come. You will come. Let's be real. Like, because your idea would be that, oh, I have everything already. So, I mean, I want to live my life. <laughs> you, you, your, your thoughts, you see, we think that God does everything just anyhow, but he really knows what he's doing. Because as human beings, it's like, once we get what we ask for, it's like our, our character, our way of doing things changes. It really shifts. My mom, she's always telling me, she's like, when you come in to ask me for something, oh, sweet mom, oh, how you doing, mommy? You know I love you. The moment I get it, bye. It's like, and she's like, you just shifted, like, from asking, oh, mom, I just need you to, and then now it's like you got it, and then it's like, it's like I'm, I'm not even existing to you. And that's how human beings we are. When we want something, it's like our strive to seek God is high. Because it's like, oh, I'm looking for a husband. I haven't gotten it. So it's like, I feel like if I go to church and I pray to God, he's going to, like, give me all these things. Oh, I want to succeed in school. I haven't been able to succeed yet in school. So if I go to church every day, maybe God is going to listen to my prayers. But that's not the reason why we must serve God. That is not the reason why we must serve God. That is not the reason why we must worship him. That is not the reason why we come to church in the first place. I think it was last time I was speaking with presiding, and we, we were talking about something, and he was saying that one of the statements he really hates when people make is like, oh, we're about to worship God, you know. Look at all the things God has done for you. Um, some people are dead and gone, but you're still alive. He's like, he doesn't like that statement because... It's like, that's not the reason why you are worshiping him. Like, it's not because of what he's done or not done. It's just because he is God. 
That's it. Like, it's not because, oh, he took you out of a problem. It's not because he did this for you. He did. That's actually not the reason. We make it seem like we've kind of put God in this bracket. Like, oh, only when you do stuff for us is when you're worthy to be praised. It doesn't work that way. He's worthy to be praised regardless because he is God. That's it. Like, the point is, whether you like it, whether he did something for you or not, he is God. So our... Praise our, you know, gratefulness, our thanksgiving shouldn't be bubbled to only when God does something for us. It shouldn't be. Because that is actually what a lot of people see it to be. You know, I mean, growing up, I feel like I went through a phase where I was like, God does not exist. God is not real. And it was because I felt like he wasn't doing everything I'm asking. And I'm like, but God, if you're real, I've asked you this thing. Do it. Like, you know, it's like kind of this, I feel like it's this arrogance that we have, like we're entitled to everything. So it's like, if God doesn't do it, it's like, oh God, why didn't you, how dare you? You know, and it doesn't work that way. We just praise and worship God because he is, that's it. I mean, and I want everyone to understand that it's because he is. So humble yourselves before the Lord and he will lift you up. When it says humble yourself, you don't have to have a reason to humble yourself before God. You don't have to have a reason to be humble, to have, you you just should be. You just should be. I mean, that's all it is. Another characteristic that we need to have in order to succeed is perseverance. 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 It's easy to give up. It's very, very easy to give up. Excuse me. Amen. It's easy to give up. I mean, one of my favorite stories in the Bible is the story of David. The Bible says that the people were speaking of stoning him. They were speaking of hurting him and killing him. And the passage that I love so much, it says, and David encouraged himself in the Lord. It is easy to give up. It is easy to feel like everything has turned upside down for you because it looks like, you know, maybe things aren't going the way you want it to go. Maybe things are going bad for you. You're going through a time of turmoil. So it's easy to feel like, oh, God has forgotten me. God has forsaken me. But perseverance is the biggest spirit you can have. Like, it is something that can take you through everything of life. Because it's like, oh, yes, I'm hurt. But still, I'll get up and try again. Yes, things look terrible. But still, I know it will work out. It's like... You've conditioned yourself to believe that no matter the situation, no matter the circumstance, you will pull through. No matter what is going on around you, you will pull through. It is actually a quality that a lot of people don't have. Especially us young ones, as the youth, I must say this, we give up very easily. Very, very easily. One thing we hate to do is to like, like strive for something. It's like, it's like, why do I have to keep doing this? You know, it's like... And you realize that it reflects in everything in our life. Like, even our relationships with people. When you have, like, a friendship with someone, let the person, like, just do something little that we don't like. It's like, oh, I'm not, this, I'm not interested in this friendship anymore. It's like, and it's a spirit that is like, we realize that it's not a problem, but it actually is. Because to give up easily on things is not a good thing. You know, because there, when you're growing up, when you were little and you were learning how to walk, when you fell a couple of times, did I tell you don't walk again? No, you still got up. You still gave it a try. You still kept going. And we don't realize that that, that is a picture of life. You are never going to get things on a silver platter every day. 
It's not going to work. You have, there's going to be bad days. There's going to be days where things look like it's not going to work out. In school, it's going to look like, oh, you're not going to pass. You're not going to graduate. Oh, maybe you're not going to make it. This is not for you. That's the thoughts that the enemy is going to put in your head. But having the spirit of perseverance is something that we all need in order to get along. Because even if you fall, get back up. Get back up and keep it pushing. Even if it looks like, you know, things are not going to go the way. Just have that kind of crazy faith. You know, um, there's, this, there's this program that I went to in Ghana, and the program was called Madness of Faith. Yeah, Madness of Faith. And when I, when I, went, when I heard that title, I'm like, okay. But it, the, when you hear the message that the man of God gave, it's like, he's like he needs you to have a faith on a level where it's like you're crazy. Like, it doesn't make sense to the person next to you, but it, it makes sense somehow. It makes sense somehow. Madness of faith. So we need to have the spirit of perseverance. Even when things look bad, we have to keep on trying. Amen? And one of the last things that I think we need in order to succeed in life is connections. Connections. In this life, whether you like it or not, you have to know somebody who knows somebody. <laughs> yeah, you have to know somebody who knows somebody who knows somebody. Even um, last, that last time, I have this cousin, and he's looking for a job in Ghana. And, and it's like, he's like, everywhere he goes, like, someone wants him to, like, pay money. <laughs> or he has to know somebody. <laughs> so, and it's like, if you don't know somebody, then pay us money. And that's how it works. In this life, we might not realize it, but we need God to touch the hearts of people in order for things to work in our favor. Because... I, one of the biggest saying I think everybody at some point in their life has said is, oh, I don't care what people think. I don't care what people think about me. I don't care what anybody says. Um, I'm going to do what I feel like is right for me. I, I know everybody has said that at some point. And I'm sorry, but it's a lie. <laughs> it's a big lie because you need people. You need people. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 4. It's, I, I like what it says. It says that, that we will get favor in the sight of God and in the sight of man. In the sight of God and in the sight of man. I said, then you will win favor in a good name in the sight of God and man. If, like, the favor of man was not important, Bible would not state it. So we need people to make... So when, when, when I always say to people that, when we say we need people, you might not see it maybe in this moment. But there will be a time you will see it. There will be a time you really need someone. And you're going to be like, oh, man. You see? And this is where, this is where, like, humility and stuff like that comes in. Because if you walk around really proud, very arrogant, narcissistic, the truth is nobody's, nobody's going to want to get closer to you. Nobody wants to be friends with someone like that. The truth of the matter is, if you, you're kind of like a rude person. You don't put other people's feelings into consideration. You're very arrogant and narcissistic. Everybody runs away from you. And we don't, we don't see that as a problem. Because today, maybe, oh, you have a job you're doing. You, you're okay. So you think that having people in your life is not important. A day will come where you would wish that someone would get closer to you. You would really wish that you treated people very well. And that you would have someone to even pat you on the back. Like, oh, good job, Abby. You've done a good job. And you're not going to have that. And so relationships with people is something that I think we neglect. 
you know, as a church, I believe that when we talk about stuff, we're always talking about the spiritual aspect a lot. We, we neglect how important human-to-human relation is. We neglect it a lot. But you have to think about it. If, as we're all in this church, if something is going on in my life and I want support, wouldn't I expect that everybody here would support me, like, emotionally, at least? You're going to give me some kind of words of encouragement, something. Now, if I came here every day and I was rude to all of you, disrespected all of you, I just, when you talk to me, I'm just like, would you be inclined to do it? You wouldn't. It's just, you see, that's how life works. So we have to develop an atmosphere where we are family. We treat each other well. We treat each other with respect. We treat each other with love. Because if you, yes, you can get the favor of God. Bible states it, that you will win favor and a good name in the sight of God. But then it adds, and man. And for you to gain favor in the sight of man, you must treat people good. You must live a life where you put uh, emphasis or importance in relationships with people. You know, we talk about unity all the time. We talk about showing each other love. But you have to do it. You don't just, you see, I was telling my mom, I think yesterday or today, I was telling her that. I've realized that a lot of us in the church, it's, it's not like we don't know what to do. We all have the knowledge. So I call all of us knowledge receivers. So we have received the knowledge, but we haven't gotten to the place of executing it. We just have everything bottled up in our mind where it's like, oh, I know, Bible says, um, love your neighbor as yourself. Bible says, you know, we should be unified. Bible says, um, give. It is more blessed to give than to receive. But then it's like, we know it. But where do we remove ourselves from knowing it to actually doing it? So, and that is where I want every single person in this church to be at. We need to take ourselves from the place of just knowing things to the place of actually doing it. The place where we are actually executing it. Yes, it is true that I have to love my neighbor. So I'm doing it. So when people see you, they see that, oh, wow, this person is actually doing what they say. You know, um, we're talking about discipled and equipped for success. I mean, in order to be successful in the kingdom of God, in order to actually... um, be at a place where you feel like you have that relationship with God or whatever it may mean. You have to do the things you, see, you hear. Amen. You know, every day I've, I've come to the conclusion that it is not, it, the problem is not that we don't know. The problem is not that we don't know. The problem is how to do it or why I should do it. Yeah, because I've heard people say this. It's like, oh, oh. Can you go and do this? It's like, why? <laughs> Once you tell someone, oh, can you go and do th- Why? Because <laughs> they're not understanding that, why should I do it? Like, why does all these things we're talking about actually matter? You know, and we realize that it matters because we say that we're going out there to what? To win nations. That is our slogan, right? Equip, we are going out there as an army of God to possess nations. So how do you possess nations if you don't do what you preach? Because the disconnect here is that you're going to go out there and tell someone, oh, come to Christ. Okay, why? (laughs) Like, okay, A, B, C, D. Then you tell them A, B, C, okay, but I don't see you doing that. So why should I? 
And that's what people tell people all the time. Every time you have a conversation with an unbeliever, their biggest thing with Christians is that we are the biggest hypocrites out there. That's like every unbeliever's big thing with Christians. And when you ask them why, they say, because we say things and we don't do it. We say, oh, love your neighbor. But yet, we'll see our neighbor like suffering and we'll just walk right by them. We'll say, oh, it's more blessed to give than receive. But yet, we never want to give. So to them, it's like we're saying all the right things, but we're not putting the words to action. So to them, it's like it's pointless. I don't want to come and hear you just say the right things. I want to see you also do it. And that is where we all have to get to in the kingdom of God. To be successful as a child of God, to be in a place where you know that you have that relationship with God, your, your first goal also is to evangelize to other people and tell them about God. And the only way you can actually do that is to put importance on doing as you preach, doing what you hear, the things we are taught every day, we actually put them into action. That makes people see us and it's like, oh, wow. Um, like, wow, this is... This is really good. I see the change in you. So it's like, it's really more encouraging that I will follow God. And last time I was telling my mom something that I feel that if I see a man of God, like an elder, a pastor, whoever it is, and I see you, and then I see that like everything, like in your, let's say your children, your family, they all follow you to church all the time. I feel like it's a good sign. The reason I'm saying that is, as young people, me, when I was little, if my mom tells me to do something and I see her not doing it herself, I'll ask her. Oh, yeah, I'll ask. I'll be like, but you told me to do this. And she'll be like, shut up. Like, yeah, because it's like, to her, she's probably like, we're not the same. <laughs> so what I've told you to do, you don't need to come and ask me. Yeah, but then to me, I'm like, if you told me like to do something, I want to see you doing it too. Yeah, so if you see that someone's family is always following them to church, like let's say a pastor, the head of this church, and then all the time you see, you see that their family is following, it's a good sign. It means that obviously there is some truth to what they say to us. Because it means that the family also realize, oh, you know, there's some action the person is showing that proves to them that, oh, they should also follow Christ. If not, they're not doing it because to them it's like you say that I should do this why should I you're not doing it too so I want all of us to put it in our minds today that we need to do as we preach if we want to be successful in the kingdom of God number one we need to what put God first number two we need to have humility number three we need to have a persevering spirit and number four we need to cultivate relationships with people amen we need to make that, that relationship aspect of things very important. And if we follow all these things, we don't just say it with our mouth, but we actually do it and act on it, I believe that we'll be perfect, if not perfect, close to perfect disciples for God. Amen? Amen. Amen. May we all please be on our feet. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Can we put our hands together one more time for Sister Abigail? Amen. Amen. We're going to enter into a time of prayer this morning. 
And I just want us to have a central focus on the youth in mind. When we go through these prayers, just pray right now. Say a prayer for the youth right now, the youth ministry. Pray for the ministry, the success of the ministry. Pray for the leaders. Pray for every single youth member here in this church this morning. Oh, God, it is my prayer this morning that you impact the youth, that this youth will be equipped to be disciples in your world, oh, God. It's my prayer that you bless the leaders this evening, this morning, all those that are on the Father, committee, the all those that Jesus, are part of the ministry before you in the mighty name of Jesus, Father God Almighty. Present all the leaders in the mighty name of Jesus. Name of Jesus, Father, we thank you. We thank you for today. We thank you for our lives, Jehovah. We thank you for your word that has come. We pray in the mighty name of Jesus for filling us with your word in the name of Jesus. In Jesus' name, grateful to you, O Lord, Spirit of even God, we thank, thank you. Thank you for feeding our souls, O Lord. We thank you for keeping us word. Word that will keep it in our hearts forever, Lord. Thank you. They're bringing all the youth members, the youth leadership, and the mighty images before your throne of grace this morning, Lord God Almighty. The Lord God Almighty, that you shall bless them, equip them, equip them, equip them in Jesus' name, Lord. Oh God, to prosper, to prosper in your kingdom, not to be only hearers, but doers of your word in the mighty name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, according to your promises that you've given to us in your word, in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. What does it mean to be a disciple? I know we're using that word. We've used that word a lot this week. And I, as I was sitting there, I looked up the definition. A disciple is a personal follower of Jesus during his life, especially one of the 12 apostles. And for a more vague definition, it is a follower or a student of a teacher, leader, or philosopher. Now for our second prayer, I, I want us to pray that the youth and everybody here will be disciples of Jesus, that will be equipped 